What's happening? What's going on? Sauce twins. Too short. Too tall. Right back at you. Like we never left. Hey. You know how we do things. Did y'all enjoy the Super Bowl? <laughs> Did I? What was your hey, I was, part? I was, I was, what was my? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, look. The boy talking about Shakira. Hey, the halftime show, I, I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was good. All right, let's let. It was a good vibe. Win, MIA. Turn up. <laughs> it's how it's supposed to be, yeah. right? Hey, well, um, we first just want to give thanks to Charles um, for taking time out of his day to be with us today because we yes, know sir. how we know how busy it can be, especially you know your role and you know the things that you do for North Texas. But um, I, I'll let you introduce. Like, what what exactly do you do at North Texas? Yeah, no doubt. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate getting a talk shop with you and having this discussion. Um, yeah, I lead up the sports nutrition program here at the University of North Texas. Uh, we have about 350 athletes. Uh, so it's it's quite a task, you know. Um, we are, we're in our third year of this program. Um, kind of as I mentioned to you guys before we came on there, there was never no kind of sports nutrition role here prior wow. to that. Uh, yeah, well, we've grown a lot. Uh, have two full-time um employees with me now which is great you know we can really push out that level of service across sports but yeah, yeah the day-to-day i mean there's always someone here there's always a team here you know trying to make sure that they're getting taken care of and you know again being a presence man you know yeah. being around if you want to get these athletes to bind and do what you want yeah. you know you've got to be on the ground so right. uh, typically you don't find me hitting up up here too much try to be around the building training room weight room you know get my face up there and make sure you know yeah. the athletes have need help that's what I'm here to do. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. So it's almost like you're setting the culture there for the nutrition program. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't have any kind of guidance or plan or anything before, but now that you came in there, now they kind of have a, a guideline or a roadmap on yeah. exactly what they need to do. Yeah, for sure. And that's it, right? Trying to eliminate the guesswork. Because, you know, student athletes, they get pulled in a hundred different directions. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's try take this nutrition piece to them and you know help them get to where they need to be so so give us give us a little information on your background charles like you know from my understanding you're from london like give us a little road map on how you ended up being how old are you uh 26 26 26 years old the director of sports nutrition at the university of north texas (laughs) talk to him how did you get here give us Take, take us back to 16, 17, 10 years 16, ago. 16, 17, man, okay. <laughs> uh, honestly, at 17, uh, I wanted to go on a coaching, you know. Uh, obviously, growing up in London, was a big soccer guy. Uh, kind of knew at that point my career wasn't going to extend, you know, to that level. So uh, I, I enrolled in an undergraduate degree in exercise science and sports physiology uh, at Brunel University, which is okay. in London. Um, it's kind of a big hub for sports, um, like 2012 Olympics, um, the Jamaican, you know, sprint team were there, Usain Bolt's in and out of my buildings all the time. So, okay. you know, pretty solid uh, place to go study uh, that kind of degree path. And it was there, um, actually, my personal advisor, um, he, he was big into the sports nutrition research. And I was like, man, this is incredibly interesting. You know, where, where does kids that age, we get to a college campus, you know, where we're lifting weights, you know, where, uh, where, we're doing this stuff in our free time and uh, you know there's a lot of misinformation out there about nutrition yes uh, very easy to get your hands on the wrong thing i'm like man this this guy's an expert and he's you know i i unlimited access to him so that really kind of sparked my interest 
Um, so yeah, kind of from there, I kind of rewrap my degree path a little bit to be focused a little more on that exercise physiology, sports nutrition component. Yeah. To finish up my undergraduate degree, um, always had a desire to live and work in the US. So I was trying to get a feeder out here and what that might look like. Uh, applying for jobs that I had no business applying for. <laughs> That's, what <you> <laughs> That's what you gotta do. That's what you gotta do. And uh, fortunately, uh, my former boss, Dana McCutcheon, a big shout out to Dana. She's still at Texas Tech. Uh, they took a chance, you know, it's like, hey, it's, it's our paid internship, you can come out here. We agreed on a year, you know, worst comes to worst, I got a year's work experience abroad, you know, yeah. how many people could do that one. Uh, so, it's up to moved, and London to Lubbock was a little different. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I just, I just knew I just needed a shop, you know. I get my foot in the door somewhere and show my work hard and what I can maybe bring to the table. And fortunately, things kind of worked out there. I got hired on full time. And kind of during that time, I did a postgraduate diploma in sports nutrition. I did a master's degree in sports nutrition. Yeah, that's what's up. Picked up, you know, uh, CSCS, certified exercise physiologist. Did a lot of extra stuff along the way, you know, um, a lot of time, a lot yeah. of money. But again, you know, investment in yourself. And yeah. Uh, position around the time where I was, you know, trying to see what was next for me. Um, position at North Texas came up, and it was a place where they never had anything before. And what I really liked about my time at Tech is that I saw the growth, and you know, to be able to go in somewhere and put your own stamp on things. I think you know it was a really unique opportunity. And uh, you know, fast forwards another three years, who we are. And, so uh, I would like to let's rewind, rewind just a second. Why do you think it? It is that someone like the universe, what this conference USA is just now getting a director of sports nutrition. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what's, what do you think it is? Like, why are we? It almost seems like it should be common sense. Yeah. Right. Uh, obviously, I agree because I'm a, I'm a show boss towards my field. Yeah. You know, I think there for it, right? But I think. Um, you know, it has grown a lot over the past decade, you know, but it's still, it's probably a step behind the strength and conditioning and athletic training, you know, which are kind of, any college program in the U.S. is going to find that. Now, this is kind of creeping up. Uh, obviously, budget is one thing, you know, if you bring in a position like this for now, yeah, you can educate athletes all day, but at some point you're going to start giving back. So there's an investment on the other side, right, than to be able to start providing the additional food and the meals and yeah. the supplements you know that stuff starts to add up too and if you're doing it for one team well, then you got to do it for the other 10 so i guess budget probably ties into it i can't comment on other schools yeah um, like i know there's definitely been a vision here to invest in it um you know for us to have three full-time employees within this in less than three years to see that growth yeah. you know there's definitely a willingness here to uh, get again invest in the health and wellness of your athletes which i think is this day and age is critical that's yeah, amazing. And with them giving you them, you know, the full time hires that that at least shows that they understand that this is important. Yeah, you got support. You know I mean, yeah. that's good to be back by the university. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and that, that first year was tough. You know, what three hundred and fifty athletes, you got something new, you're rolling out, you got one person. It's uh it's a tough year, no doubt. And, yeah. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a big challenge, being able to manage your time and how you, you know, prioritize things and make sure that you're, you're getting done what needs to be done. Yeah. Cool beans. I got you. So, we, we also see that you have a blog out. I do. Correct. Okay. Um, so, this performance nutrition files, like, what is the purpose of the blog? So... 
the purpose of it when I started up is I think there's there's a wealth of you know good sports nutrition literature you know scientific research out there so I was trying to bridge the gap between that a little bit and okay. I, I kind of attest this to probably one of my mentors you know Dr. Lauren Bannock he uh, you know based out of the UK um, you know as well with a number of elite teams uh, runs his own postgraduate diploma uh, which I did a few years ago I mean, I'm kind of bridging that gap, you know, you, there's a lot of good information out there, but being able to apply it in a real world set, you know, mm-hmm. we don't work in a lab, you know, right. we, we work with athletes from all over the US, all over the world, different upbringings, backgrounds, yes. uh, socioeconomic status, you know, there's a lot of things that come between applying that research, you know, yeah. and so I think a little bit of us to try and bridge the gap and give an insight of what it really looks like on the ground. You know, by all means, I, I read a lot of literature, research. You know, I like to think that everything I do, there's some kind of evidence base behind it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, trying to add in that human component and kind of show upcoming practitioners or even practitioners already in the field, you know, a way of how I do things, you know. Because I like to see other places doing things, taking uh-huh. ideas from practice. And, um, yeah, I think sometimes it's... You know, just trying to relay those messages, but in a way that someone can take it and apply it, right? Yeah. It's not, they ain't got to read a whole research journal article. <laughs> and, you know, on, on me, I've been slipping on uh, on the blog a little bit. Um, you know, <laughs> it, 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 takes up, it takes up some time. It does, actually, yeah. It does. I actually just started my PhD last month. So oh, okay. Congratulations. That's what's up. I appreciate it. And that kind of slips in on the priorities. Yeah, so, Absolutely. Uh, as my uh, as the PhD picks up, and I already um, have a couple drafts of posts and some different things yeah. that you know hopefully you can kind of tail onto that and be the back end of that. So, so hey, why don't I pick up the super scientific and maybe a little bit of practical analysis? <laughs> right, so. put it all together. <laughs> hey, yes, so sir. how do you take like you have your research and you know your relationships and all of the things that kind of builds up this culture? Now, how do athletes? Let's let's kind of move away from food and go to supplements. How do athletes know what they can take? How do you got you guys know like what your athletes can take? I saw a little article that you had about third party, um, I guess people certifying like NSF. Like I'm familiar with NSF. So how do how how do we know what these athletes can take and what they can have? Yeah, now, now when you speak about having a position like this, I mean, this is really important. We try and navigate any kind of questions or queries through me. Um, and then typically, depending on where the athlete is competing, uh, there'll be a banned substance list, right? So okay. I'm, I'm dealing with NCAA athletes. There's an update banned substance list every year. Um, a lot of professional teams, uh, organizations out here, you know, MLB, NFL, NBA, et cetera, will have a banned substance list. So, um yeah, it's a bit of a minefield. You know, we we, we try to prioritize a food-first approach, but I'm not naive enough to sit here and say the supplements don't work. You know, yes, there say is... That again. There is <laughs> Can you say that again? Just a little louder. <laughs> I, I'm not naive enough to say the supplements don't work, right? Okay. Like we, sometimes we, we go way too on one end of the spectrum, yeah. and there's almost this fear of supplements. Now, yes, they are supplements, right? They're, they're the supplement the diet, but you know, typically these are things that we're not getting in those kind of doses from the diet. Okay. Um, so that, that's something that, you know, we relate to the guys, but on the same time, it, in my opinion, there's only a few things out there that probably really make sense. And that may, that's going to differ again from a number of things. Your sport, uh, what's the energy demands of that sport? You know, mm-hmm. what are your goals? Uh, again, then we talk about athletes, you know, what about your financial status? You know, like, mm-hmm. 
hey, this this one small thing may make a difference. But if it's cutting into your grocery bill and your ability to get gas to get from A to Z, then you know that's gonna take priority. Right? Yeah. So yeah, obviously at a professional elite level where you can provide a lot of these things to athletes and have the resources to do, that kind of goes out the window. But again, for someone like the NCAA, there's only certain things that we're allowed to provide. So. For example, our athletes can take caffeine and creatine. We can't provide it to them. So again, that's where it becomes. I design. didn't know that. So then it becomes a bit of a minefield, right? Because I got an athlete that wants to take creatine. He might go to Walmart and pick up the four dollar, you know, tub where uh, I need him to get a third party certified product. You know, yeah. that's for the safety. That's a layer of quality. Uh, you know, putting that in. I don't know want him to take it if he checks the boxes and that's something he wants to do by all means i think there's a lot of benefit and merit to it but i need you to get something which you know has gone through those proper steps so um those conversations can be difficult you know sometimes not all athletes understand that but you know trying to educate them that's one thing every time at least when i speak to football you know um our football athletes you get periodically tested by the ncaa it's like most drug testing organizations they come at any time of the year you know, if you're taking anything, you're interested in taking anything on your own outside of what is provided, you know, does you've got to come through me to make sure we get you to the right place. We can document it. Uh, and, you know, it's just a layer of protection for both them and me. So so if there's if there's one supplement, just one, no other supplements for the rest of your life, you're an elite athlete. What supplement are we taking? Just one. Just one. Do I get a sport or we just... No sport. Things? You just get one. You have to take the most most benefits. What you got for us, Charles? Uh, I'm honestly probably going to roll with a creatine what? on a hydrate. You know? <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Mine you know, um, for, me, for me, from a personal aspect, you know, caffeine would be up there. I think caffeine, you know, time and time again, is going to be able to have some performance improvements. But I think now... We're seeing the creatine is able to tap into other areas, right? Well, recovery. At, you know, recovery, the brain uh, can increase, you know, your ability to rehance muscle glycogen. You know, mm-hmm. there there's seem to be a lot of benefits there. Oh, my bad. Oh, you good. There seem to be a lot of benefits there. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a good all-rounder. Um, yeah. Touches a lot of areas. And, again, it's still has a bit of a stigma around it, but it's one of the most research supplements there's an excellent safety profile um you know and again when you really delve into some of these good review papers you know the list of benefits it, it's pretty impressive given how cheap it is um mm-hmm. you know talk about third-party certifications and a certain form of sport would you say creatine and caffeine are probably the most researched supplements that yeah. are out okay yeah, they're, they're probably right up there with each other there's probably a little more on caffeine because now you're Pulling in, you know, uh, coffee, mm-hmm. um, some foods also. Uh, so yeah, they're they're right up there, and you know, again, everyone will react a little differently, but yeah, uh, it's something like caffeine. But yeah, if if I had to pick one, it'd probably be creatine. I got you. So so we already know, like we play uh, college sports as well. So we know we have the, you know, sometimes we have issues with the supplements that the athletes take. You can't take this. You can't take that. But besides that, like what what is like the biggest problem that you tend to see when dealing with these 350 athletes um, when it comes to the nutrition or challenge? Or whatever. Yeah, that challenge. Biggest challenge. Um, I, I think the sometimes trying to sell it to them is tough. You know, I, 
this is not always something that we get taught in school when you go through these programs. Yeah. Again, so kind of it's what we alluded to earlier that taking the research and putting it into practice and you know trying to get athletes to see the benefit because it's not it's not an immediate thing right it's not like you eat one good meal and all yeah, of a sudden yeah. achieve all your goals right so it's it's something that takes time and a little bit of consistency and adherence so trying to just really sell that to athletes i think is is tough and uh again i used to be one of these guys in my mind that well they don't care you know i'm gonna put my time on the guys that do care yeah and the day it's kind, of, it's kind of my job to get you to care yeah. you know and not give up on you at the end yeah. of the day you guys are the reason i have a job and get paid every month you know i'm i'm gonna find a way in so yeah. looking yeah. for those ways in a big you know if the athlete is injured the athlete has a bad performance um Maybe not seeing the goals they want. You know, trying to find your opportunity to kind of segue that. Hey, that was actually kind of what I was about to ask you next was, do you take it personal when you see certain sports not able to perform or you don't see that um, explosiveness late in the game or you look at the fatigue and you look at their performance, do you like, man, I got to do a better job. I have to do a better job with these guys and getting like, do you, you take those kind of things personal? I do. I think it would be wrong if I didn't. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, in the day, this is this is a, although it's a career, it's a, it's a passion of mine. You yeah. know, I, um, something that I care about a lot, and maybe even sometimes too much, right? Because the nutrition at the end of the day, it is a part of what they do, and it is at the end of the day, you know, those most talented, skilled athletes, you know, yeah. come out. So sometimes trying to take a step back and understand that. But two, you know, if, if an athlete is maybe underperforming a little bit or I'm seeing some inconsistencies across the team, then yeah, I'm going to take that person a little bit. Because at the end of the day, that's, that's a reflection of my work, you know, what mm. I do. And that's across the board if that's not happening. So, yeah, I, I'm getting better. Try not to take it as <laughs> I'm trying to take it in stride. And yeah. Just see as an opportunity to get better, right? Like, this is never going to be perfect. And, you know, try and use it as a, you know, a step to improve and, you know, reflect a little bit and, you know, yeah. identify opportunity to get better. Yeah, gotcha. I, I got a question. I know you deal with, with collegiate <laughs> athletes. When when do you think it's a good time or an appropriate time or when should athletes at what age should they really start honing in on their nutrition? Honestly, I think if an athlete is in high school and coming to the back end of the high school, you know, we, we speak to recruits a lot when they come on visits. And there's something you try giving their ear about uh, nailing down now, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I don't think you can really go, if you're a competitive athlete and, you know, hey, we're, we're in Texas, you know, you just got to look at Texas high school football, you know, like if you're trying to get a competitive edge and advantage, try to nail it down in high school. You know, how many guys are. Um, packing snacks to take with them on you know handling the nutrition they're yeah. relying on fast food they get to go off site for lunch you know and they're yeah. the doing whatever you yeah. know so i would i would really say if you're a competitive athlete in high school this is a good chance to hone in on this and i'm not talking that you've got to be preparing you know multiple meals a day and but you know just taking some good diligent steps in bearing what you do like mm -hmm. hey a lot of these high school athletes especially for most you know i want to add on mass i want to get bigger but you know, they're eating two meals a day yeah. and they're sleeping five, six hours a night. And it's like, you're missing very easy, you know, low hanging fruit. This is the easy stuff. And yeah. if you can get this down now, you're going to, and again, if you want to be a guy who's going to, who's getting recruited and going to a big school, you know, you, you're going to have to have that stuff in line because when you get there, it's a, it's a big step up. And yeah. You want to be expected to 
do it then. Yeah. So yeah, if you're competitive not being in the hospital, I'd really encourage you to. That's smart. So, all right, Charles, I'm I'm obviously not as smart as you are, so I'm gonna have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to um, I'm gonna just repeat what you said in this article so that you can explain. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, so this is out of the European Journal of Sports Science. The persistent use of nutritional interventions that accelerate recovery may impinge on the muscle adaptation. Therefore, the goal of the nutritional intervention should be carefully considered in the context of the trade-off between recovery and adaptation. And it's so interesting because I've been seeing more and more stuff about like we have we offer cryotherapy in our facility as well and Normatech treatment. And they want you I've been seeing more research about not necessarily hopping in the cryotherapy chamber after a workout because it limits the amount of adaptation that we truly need to get the gains from the workout. So talk to me a little bit about what that means. <laughs> what I just yeah, no, read. No, okay, so this is that part, right? Taking the research and kind of explaining that. No doubt. So yes. So that that'd be some different strategies and things which become a little more common in the sports nutrition field that you would maybe push a little harder when, you know, recovery is key. So give me a good example right now, men's basketball teams on a pretty good run. Uh, you know, coming to business ends of the season. So really for them, you know, recovery is the ultimate goal. Like at this time of year, um, you know, adaptation is not really what we're pushing. On that on the flip side, the more in the middle of off season first month of off season you know we, we have a lot of guys who are looking at all muscle mass adapt get bigger stronger faster so there would be an area where the, the focus is going to be a little more on adaptation mm -hmm. so some examples of these things um and again some things that research article would allude to you know which is one which this one not really controversial is getting adequate protein right we all know protein is important for recovery mm -hmm. and muscle remodeling you know something to support exercise induced muscle damage so you know with mm -hmm. that we're talking you know everyone gets doms uh soreness mm -hmm. uh, you know with that maybe comes decreased range of motion mm -hmm. swelling you know reduction in function mm -hmm. so some other things uh you know the article alludes to is is polyphenols some things that's typically found in fruits and vegetables so it was telling athletes they're gonna eat their fruits and vegetables but again it's become a little bit more of a trend you know the tart cherry juices mm -hmm. uh, i you know, antioxidant supplements, vitamin C, E, uh, very high do dose multivitamins. Now, there's some pretty good research out there to show that some of these polyphenols and antioxidant products can interfere with that adap with adaptation, you know, okay. some of those pathways. So, um, you know, for, a guy, for an athlete who is in off-season or looking to, you know, kind of add muscle mass or make those uh, training gains, you know, even even endurance athletes, um, just to summon it, not just kind of throw everything in and see what sticks and what works yeah. because sometimes you can do more harm than good and then on that uh, some additional things would be like omega freeze uh, vitamin d um you know we touched on vitamin c and e so these are all things it's yes vitamin d and omegas probably important year round but making sure we're getting the dose right again just mm. because athletes are very good that if something is good more is better right mm. so you know trying to find that middle ground and that sweet spot to the point where we're supporting recovery enough but not hurting adaptation mm -hmm. but again but if you're uh if you're at a competition um you know hey you know you're 
our men's basketball team may play on a Thursday and then a Saturday. Like recovery is the number one goal. Yes. Trying to get them that are ready to go again. So maybe then, yeah, maybe they're having the tart cherry juice. Maybe they're getting in the ice bath. Maybe they're having a little extra omega three to try and get them feeling a little bit better and support that recovery. Yeah. But on the flip side, if we're trying to get athletes to adapt, add muscle mass, be stronger, you know really get the most out of a training block they're probably going to pull back on that stuff mm. so again it's it's one of those things instead of just kind of throwing everything at the athlete hey this is good or hey wait wait a minute what are we trying to achieve here how can we use nutrition to support what we're trying to achieve instead of hindering so yeah hey man that's big i i feel like i mean of course this is our field so yeah we are biased and we're around it way more and i feel like um I think that's one good thing that I think our parents, because, you know, we're in the private sector, right? So we have, you know, a lot of parents, they obviously want their athletes, their kids to train. And so they're bought in on the nutrition. They really are like, and so, you know, we can't necessarily, for these high school kids, you know, sophomores, you know, we, we, we do have meal plans. We do offer different things. We talk to them about creatine. Um, just the, the goods and the bad. Because, you know, for a long time, you know, what was the stigma on creatine? Creatine is bad. Everybody's a cr- afraid of creatine. That's I remember growing up in high school, like, don't take creatine. Creatine is, Give you, the you know, you, you're going to cramp and up and you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to perform and just all of this stuff. But, you know, there's more information out now. Social media, you know, having access to guys like you and all of this access to research, I think, is really oh. helping. Um, the industry but like you said we do have a, a long ways to go um, especially at the level that you guys are like to really be able to hone in so we aren't just seeing what sticks on the wall like I think you know the science part behind it I guess you kind of got to geek out a little bit you know about it and I, I you know I, I think that's that's really cool it's really good to hear I'm going to interrupt you quick because I think you touched on a good point there, especially when dealing with parents, right? Educating the parents because they're the, they're the, they're the gatekeeper for this yes. young kid. <laughs> they're buying food and, you know, um, I, I read a good thing from, a, again, on social media, a pretty renowned strength coach who works in the private sector too. And, you know, his big thing, uh, he had a lot of uh, high school coaches, high school strength coaches ask him about creatine. He was like, hey, you don't necessarily... You know, from a from a liability standpoint, need to be suggesting to the kids to educate the parents. You know, because yeah. the parents are educating up to speed on things. You know, at the end of the day, you know they can make an informed decision for their child and do a little research. You know, yeah. and, and you know I think that's an important step is to get the parents involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I did, I've done a little bit of work with some high schools in this area, and I always really encourage parents to come when we give these presentations and talks because at the end of the day, you know. Um, high school athlete may not have the income or the additional money to go out and do some of these things in the round. Yeah. parents are serious about it and they're paying, you know, for them to come train with guys like yourselves, you know, I would think that they would take that in stride and want to, you yeah. know, be educated on it and be able to apply it if they choose to do so. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they do, man. I think that's, that's huge. The education, education, just continuing to learn, um, continuing to you know, partner up and learn from people like you, and um, and that's that's the big thing that I that I was gonna say earlier, which you just said, just continuing to learn. Yeah, man. When I Charles just said he just started his PhD. Yes. Not too long ago. That's the that's education. Great, yeah, I, I think um, I don't know. I just think a lot of times in this industry we do see 
I know in the strength in this realm we see a lot of people tagging people, bashing people, bad practice, this and that, and and um, the journey. The journey is definitely not easy. I think we're all in a different spot, you know, as far as our education and learning and our experience. Um, but you know, like I said, I really appreciate your time, um, you coming on today, and I think this will be great for our listeners, um, great for our parents and our athletes. This Absolutely. has been great for us, yeah. Um, just to have you on, and I hope that in the future, man, we can have you back. Um, sure. Maybe we can come down there. Yeah. You can give us a little tour or yeah. something. Hey, we will. Yeah. Whenever you guys are in this area, let me know. We, we will. Hey, hey, I'm from Lake Dallas now. Yeah, what you last said, man. Stay, stay open-minded, right? Yeah. People get closed off in these fields and industries. There's yeah. plenty of ways to do things and get the results, you yeah. know. And, yeah, people are quick to bash and hate on other people, but... Hey, if there's a little more collaboration in there, maybe we can move the needle a little better. You're right. Yes, sir. Hey, so, hey, make sure y'all go and follow Charles, man. Charles, what's your what's your handle on Twitter? Your handle is, uh, let's uh, see, let me get this right. Got it down. <laughs> All right. It's at CashFord underscore. Y'all go and follow my boy on Twitter. Um, always putting out great information. Um, I ran across one of your comments or one of your tweets. That's how I decided, you know, to get with you or want to get with you. And, man, I know how busy you are. Obviously, you have, like you said, over 300 athletes. Um, I know your time is very valuable, and I appreciate your time today. Yes, sir, Charles. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate it, man. Hey, make sure y'all go ask. No. (laughs) Yeah. Hashtag. As Sauce Twins. Hey, turn your notifications on hey, and share. If there's anybody else y'all want on the Sauce Twins show, tag them. Let us know. We'll do our best. Some people act like they too good to holler at us. We Sorry. ain't gonna say no names. We ain't gonna say no names. We ain't gonna tag them. We love y'all. We respect y'all. That's obviously why we got with you in the first place. But make sure y'all go and follow our boy Charles, man. I'll tell you again, it's at Cash Ford underscore. Mm-hmm. What will you sacrifice to be great?